Monday, September 21st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the, uh, the Indians finished their nine-game road trip on a, on a bit of a high note, and it, it looks like they've, uh, they've got now multiple MVP candidates, according to some national news outlets and, and those who follow baseball, as Jose Ramirez now really sort of uh, putting his best effort forward to be a an MVP type candidate down the down the stretch for the Indians. Yeah, he's you know he's he's been hot on this last trip, Joe. He's you know he had the good fortune of playing Detroit in in that trip uh, with a four game <laughs> series against Detroit, where he loves who he loves to hit against, especially at Comerica Park. And uh, you know he has been you know pretty uh, you know in this crazy season he's been a pretty consistent heartbeat uh, for for this offense um, and. His power numbers are really starting to come around. What, uh, 15 home runs? Um, just, uh, you know, he, and, you know, it just, he's always run, he runs the base like his pants are on fire. And um, so, you know, he's played solid defense. And um, I, you know, I think he's a candidate. I don't think, I don't think necessarily, is he Jose Abreu? Is he, is he, uh, you know, uh, 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 Nelson Mike Cruz is, yeah, it, Nelson is Cruz. Mike Trout. I don't know, but you know, on the on the hall on the uh, MVP ballot, you get uh, ten. You can vote for ten players. So I think he, you know, he's probably put himself in position to get some votes. And this is a guy that's what in 2017 and 18 finished third in the MVP voting in consecutive years. Right. Uh, definitely a down ballot candidate. Maybe not a favorite. Is is how I would uh, I would term him, but. Uh, on, an, on an offense like the Indians that, you know, has just underperformed tremendously throughout the season, uh, his efforts are really standing out right now. Like you said, uh, the hustle with his hair on fire, that's always been Jose Ramirez, always been able to stretch, you know, uh, sure singles into, into doubles and, and play crazy. We saw an example of, uh, you know, crazy base running during the Detroit series where he tried to straight steal a home uh, yeah. and, and got tagged out and, you know, everybody's sort of looking around. Going, yeah, that's a bases loaded situation with uh, with Roberto Perez at the plate. Roberto Perez not swinging the bat well, so I can I can sort of see why Jose uh, thought, "Hey, let's try and steal a run here." Uh, in, in that situation, when you're winning a game, then you know I got no problem with it. Um, but just also the added power lately. You know, two home runs, multi home run games. Uh, right now, he leads uh, Major League Baseball with four this season. So four times he's hit two home runs in a game, including on his birthday uh, back on the 17th. Uh, we saw it again on Sunday and, you know, just sort of taking over and dominating a game. Uh, this is the Jose Ramirez. Since the move to the, the three-hole in the, in the Indians lineup, uh, I think his slugging percentage is 1,000 in, in those, uh, uh, you know, eight, nine games that he's played there. So you've, you've got to look at – you know, just the number of bases he's been able to to take um, consistently since he moved back into that three hole. Uh, Sandy Alomar was right; he's comfortable hitting wherever you want to hit him. Yeah, I, I loved what uh, Rick Manning from STO said when he got tried to steal third. I mean, to try to steal home against the Tigers. He said he got bored there. He can't he can't stand? <laughs> he couldn't stand stand in one place that long without trying to without moving around. He had to do something. So he's it like didn't nervous hurt energy, the, man. It didn't hurt that the pitcher on the mound had thrown what 30 pitches in that inning and it was uh 
you know, just a complete disaster. But uh, that's that regardless of that. Yeah. A, a guy like Ramirez wants to, you can tell he wants to when, when he's out there. Yeah, that was in the, well, that was a good ballpark. Cause what Leonis Martin was the last Indians on a straight steal of home. And he did it at, at, at Comerica park last year. Yeah. There's something to be said for it. We, we asked Jose after the game, uh, what, what it is about Comerica Park playing Detroit that, that just has him feeling so comfortable. And really it's the fact that they, they play there, you know, in a, in, in a stretch of two seasons, you're playing 20 games there. It's, it's almost like a home away from home ballpark for him. Yeah. You know, it's uh, definitely, and they, they're familiar with it. Uh, and there's just some ballparks where, where guys, you know, do better than they do at others or where they're more familiar, more comfortable. And, uh, you know, you've seen that throughout baseball. So is what Jose, is it too late for Jose Ramirez to earn serious consideration for this, this Jose, uh, for the, the, the American League MVP award? We've, we've already got Shane Bieber, who's pretty much a lock for, and we'll get into uh, when we'll next see Shane Bieber on the mound for the Indians. But uh, you would think, unless he has a complete meltdown and disaster in his next outing, that Shane Bieber is a lock for the American League Cy Young Award. Uh, he should also receive some consideration for American League MVP uh, prior to, to this, this stretch with Jose Ramirez. Uh, does, does Shane Bieber's outstanding season take away a little bit from Jose Ramirez's uh, chances as an MVP candidate? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a good uh, question, Joe. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh... – you know, when uh, Manny Ramirez and uh, Robbie Alomar had those great seasons, you know, I think in maybe 2000. 90, 99, 2000. Yeah. yeah, and they split the vote on those guys. You know, either one of them could have been MVP, and it split the vote a little bit, and they, neither one won. Um, this is a little different, though. Pitcher, pitchers have always, you know, the, the voters, uh, you know, you know the, the voters look at, you know, at least I do, you know, it really has to be a rare season for, for a pitcher to be able to win the Cy Young and, and you know, place high in the MVP or maybe win it, you know, right. uh, just because, you know, there's kind of some people think, okay, the pitchers are for the Cy Young position players, MVP, uh, but in a shortened season, uh, Indians are nine and two or what are they? I think nine and two in, the, in his 11th start or he's so not. Eight and one. They're eight and one in games that he's started. Yeah, and um, and they're know, so. eight. They're eighteen and nineteen in like games that uh, like other people have started. So, yeah, yeah I mean, so you know that that kind of you know uh, dispels the uh, thing that a pitcher only a starting pitcher only influences the team every five every every time he pitches. I mean, because you know obviously he's not he hasn't won every game he pitches. But he's facing a lot of batters every, you know, every time out, and uh, they're winning. They win the games he starts, regardless of whether he wins or loses. Okay, just for argument's sake, uh, you said it takes a rare season, something special, for a pitcher. Uh, we can go over the strikeout numbers and the the, the number of uh, double-digit strikeout outings or yeah. the consistency that he's shown. But uh, for Shane Bieber, leading the American League in. Uh, currently, right now, ERA 1.74, uh, wins 8, strikeouts 112. The next closest is Garrett Cole with 87. Uh, he is second to Kenta Maeda in whip 
Uh, Kenta Maeda has a 0.76 whip. Shane Bieber has a 0.86 whip. That is not a very big lead. Uh, and he is second to Kenta Maeda in uh, batting average against. Kenta Maeda's batting average against 1.67, and Shane Bieber's is 1.71. So razor-thin leads for Maeda in those two categories where he does, and those are pretty much two of the, the more important uh, categories. We can get into the advanced stuff. I think his, uh, um, uh, his WRC plus is something like, you know, 337, which is a ridiculous number for that. Uh, if you want to get into advanced metrics, but if you want to go to numbers and you want to go to, to, to rare seasons and anything like that, uh, to make a, a guy qualify for not only the Cy Young, but for the, the, uh, to, to get your consideration for MVP vote, uh, Shane Bieber certainly leading all of those categories and just being as dominant as he has. Granted, he's not facing teams from the West or the East this year, and that makes it different. But you can only play the people they put in front of you. Yeah. And the people that, that they put in front of Shane Bieber have had zero chance this year. You know, I think you're right. Yeah. And uh, who was the last guy to do it? Uh, Verlander? Some Verlander. Yeah, I think Verlander. it was Verlander. And, uh, you know, I know Eckersley did it in way back when. Uh, so um, it's not completely unheard of that a pitcher gets yeah. high consideration for MVP. And Pedro got a lot of votes the one year, I think, with Cy Young and MVP when he was at his peak with Boston. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been done before. I, I get the philosophy that, you know, hey, the pitchers have the Cy Young, the, the, the position players are, are, are ones who, who we vote for, for for MVP. But that's not how the, the qualifications for the award read. The qualifications for the award don't read the best hitter or defensive player yeah. uh, on a team. The, the, the qualifications for MVP read something like, the, you know, the most outstanding player. doesn't say pitcher or hitter. And it you says know, so. you can vote for pitchers on there, the qualifications that that includes pitchers. One well, of the qualifications. That's sort of like, that's sort of like a judge issuing the jury instructions saying, uh, I know you tend to not do this, but you should really do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess. So do the Indians have two guys who will get MVP votes at, from somebody this year in the, in the BBWAA? I think the answer to that is yes. Oh yeah, definitely. I think you know, definitely. Uh, every you know, every city is represented by two two voters. Every you know, for each award, BBWA award. So you know, I would think the Cleveland report, the Cleveland voters are you know going to give high consideration for Beaver for the Cy Young and and for Ramirez and Beaver uh, for uh, MVP. I would I would certainly hope that Beaver has uh, two first place votes at least from from the Cleveland voters. Uh, the guys that get to – it's sort of like the, the LeBron effect. You know, the guys who get to see him every day playing when LeBron played here in Cleveland, you, it's almost like you didn't appreciate as much uh, or you took for granted, you know, just all the things that he did so well. And then, you, you know, he goes somewhere else and you get somebody else in there and you're like, boy, LeBron never did that. Well, you know, with Shane Bieber, it, it's almost like we've seen him 10, 11 starts so far and – you don't want to take for granted the fact that what he's doing is special. Yeah, definitely. He is, you know, he's had a, a great, you know, a great year in, you know, under the circumstances, you know, like you said, you can only play the people in front of you and you can only play the, 
uh, you know, you can only pitch a certain number of starts that they give you, you know, so he's, you know, he's really maximized his uh, chance here. All right. Well, the Indians magic number now after uh, their win on Sunday is was down to three. And then later on in the evening, uh, the Mariners went ahead and lost an extra inning game to the Padres. That put the Padres in the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. But it also, uh, you know, cut the Indians magic number down to two, meaning tonight when Chicago opens a series uh, at Progressive Field against the Indians, there's a possibility that, you know, they could cut that magic number to one. And then depending on what Seattle does later on in the evening against Houston, uh, they could clinch a playoff spot. Yeah, it's right there in front of them, Joe. And, you know, the, the weight of the season is kind of favoring them now. Eventually, you know, in these next seven games, they're going to get in one way or the other, you would think. Some combination of numbers is going to allow them to, uh, you know, secure a spot in the postseason. So it could happen tonight. That'd be, you know, that would be good. You get it all out of the way. I think uh, you could still possibly catch the Twins maybe for second second place. I know. Carlos Carrasco was talking about that yesterday after he beat uh, the Tigers. Um, and you got the team in front of you that you, that you want to play is the White Sox. And, you know, the question is, you know, you, you, know, you could be, you know, if you're play, playing four against the White Sox right now, and you could be facing them again in a best of three wild card postseason series on the 29th. Yeah, and how much of your pitching staff do you want to expose yeah. to – uh, the White Sox within a week of, uh, of seeing them again in the playoffs. Uh, and and the, the, the White Sox have clinched. They're in, and they're almost pretty much a lock for, you know, depending on how they do in this series against us or against the Indians, they're, um, you know, almost locked up the, the central title. So they're, you know, thinking about lining up their pitching as well. What are you, what are you going to do? The Indians have not announced a starter uh, for this series beyond Aaron Savali tonight. Uh, the rest of them are, are to be announced. Uh, but we will see uh, Lucas Giolito and uh, Dallas Keuchel uh, towards the end of this series. So uh, at least Indians hitters will, will get a, an idea of what these guys are, are going to be able to bring in the, in the first round if that's the, indeed the matchup. If the playoffs started today, uh, the 2-7 matchup would be Cleveland at Chicago. Yeah, and uh, you're seeing Giolito, uh, you know, through the uh, no-hitter earlier this season. And uh, I think he's he's pitched – this might be his second, second start against the Indians. Mm -hmm. So he's, you know, he's pitched pretty well against the Tribe. Um, uh, you know, Keuchel is a guy that just came off the DL with a back injury. He's, he had one – he's had one start. This will be his second start since coming off the uh, injured list. Uh, he's a, Traditionally, he's a lefty that – has always given the Indians fits when he pitched with uh, Houston. We haven't seen him in a, a while, you know, because he kind of missed almost all half of last season when he couldn't get anybody to sign him and then ended up with uh, Atlanta. Well, so, go back uh, to 2018 and Keuchel dominated the Indians in game three of the, uh, the, uh, right. the division series at Cleveland. Yeah. And, you know, he's done throw real hard. He keeps the ball down. He, this is kind of lefty that drives you crazy. So, uh, That'll be a good test as well. All right. The Indians currently sit three games behind Minnesota for uh, second place in the Central Division. Minnesota opening a series at Detroit, and, and then they finish with the Reds. And the Reds are still 
sort of fighting for a, a wild card spot in the, in the national league. So uh, the, the final three games of the season bode well for, you know, matchup wise, if the Indians want to maybe think about leapfrogging into that second spot, um, if, if the Reds can do something against Minnesota, then you're talking, you know, the Indians have Pittsburgh and that's, that's three winnable games right there. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's an interesting, you know, final week. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, you know, just how they handle this. And, and another thing, Joe, I mean, does Terry Francona return for this final week? And right now, uh, there hasn't been any indication that he will, you know, or I guess we, we really don't know. We shouldn't uh, jump out, you know, go out on a limb, but right now there's you know, no indication that, that he'll be back to take the team over. Right. The last time that we talked to Chris Antonetti uh, was, was prior, was Friday, I believe, prior to the, the games Friday in, in Detroit. And he uh, really didn't have any specific timetable. So uh, that's a, that's an indication that there, there really hasn't been any decision made or, or, maybe not even any conversation about it. Uh, yeah. Who knows? And we've who talked knows? about it before. I mean, you know, Tuesday, everybody goes into uh, quarantine, right, with the mm -hmm. Indians. I right. mean, every team in, in the big leagues is going into quarantine, you know, to prepare for the postseason. And is that something, you know, that the medical staff, that Francona's doctors would encourage him to do, or is he in, all that, in that already? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I got to imagine Terry Francona spending a lot of time in his apartment alone uh, a, a himself, unless he's coming to the ballpark to, to work out in the, the swimming facilities that they have there, uh, which is something that he's able to do. And we've uh, seen we, him, you know, the last two games of the last homestand, he was, he was sitting with uh, Chernoff and, and Antonetti in the stands. Right. Uh, one last thing we want, we did want to touch on uh, before we get, uh, get going here. Uh, Brad Hand and the bullpen on Sunday. Hand uh, was sort of forced to work a little bit because Cam Hill had a shaky outing, uh, gave up a few runs. Then Hand came in and gave up a run in the ninth, but, uh, you know, still got the job done, uh, closed out the win uh, when the Indians needed. So uh, where do things stand with the bullpen right now as, as we line up heading into the final regular season stretch here? Uh, there are seven guys in that bullpen. And right now, I don't know if you could, if you could necessarily say any one of them is a 100% lock in terms of a, a guy you trust at the end of a game. Yeah, you know that's a great point. Um, you know what ha what's happened to Oliver Perez? We haven't what's he pitched one he pitched once on this this last road trip. Yeah, you know, they said he was healthy. They said the matchups didn't favor him. I mean, this is a guy that you know early and mid middle middle of the season he's he was. The three batter rule didn't affect him. He was getting everybody out, and all of a sudden, you go away from him, and that, that that's kind of an interesting move. You know, you don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, hand, you know, had the, was shaky Sunday, but it wasn't a save situation. You know, and uh, sometimes closers are not the same guy when they're pitching with a four run lead as opposed to a three run lead, and the three or fewer run leads. So, uh, you know, he gave up a couple hits, but did get out of it. But other than that, he's been, what, 13 for 13. I think he's maybe tied for the league, league lead. Tied for the league lead in saves, yeah. He's, but he's 100% on, uh, on save opportunities, which, uh, you know, nobody else is. Uh, nobody else yeah. with more than nine saves is perfect in, in opportunities. And I was glad they stayed away from Karinchek when they did uh, Saturday. You know, I know Maton uh, took it on the chin. 
you know, he took the loss and the blown save, but, uh, you know, they, they just seem to be, uh, they really, you know, every, every, every manager, it doesn't matter if you're the in, acting manager, interim manager, the regular manager, you ride the hot hand. So it's, it's tempting to go to that kid as much as you can, but you, know, you got to think of his future. You got, you want to keep him fresh for the postseason and, and the stretch when you're going to need him. So, you know, I was glad to see him just kind of back off him. Yeah, and, and Cal Quantrill, since coming over from yeah. uh, San Diego, has done well. Uh, you know, he's looked pretty good, looked like a, a, a nice piece that at the end of the, you know, it, it, to sort of bridge to uh, Karen Jack and, and Hand. And, you know, maybe that's a guy that you, you sort of ride with in, in the early rounds of the playoffs and, and see what he can do. Uh, seeing yeah. as how, you yeah. know, Chicago, Chicago yeah. won't, have, won't have seen Definitely. him at all. Yeah, because the last time out, two scoreless innings, and they really, outside of Plutko, they really don't have a guy that, that can go, you know, consistently one plus two, two innings, you know, in that neighborhood. I mean, Karen Shack, but I don't think that, you know, has done that this season. But, you know, Quantrill, the Saturday was two scoreless, so that was impressive. And Whitgren, you know, it was good to see him bounce back um, last Saturday with a scoreless inning after, you know, kind of running into some problems earlier on this trip against the, the road trip, you know, yeah. giving up back-to-back home runs against the, the Twins and then hitting back-to-back guys against the Cubs. All right, before we get going, last question. Uh, do we expect to see Shane Bieber and Zach Plesak, the top of the Indians rotation, pitch uh, before the uh, – really before their – or after – do we expect to see them take their regular turn in the rotation this week or would would you push them back or delay them so that they're either not facing Chicago or ready to start uh, at at the beginning of the, the playoff round on Tuesday of next week? Yeah, I, I think both of them have to pitch against uh, against the White Sox, Joe. I I don't know in what order. Uh, maybe you know Beaver on his normal day would pitch tomorrow, right? Tuesday, and right. Uh, Police Act would go Wednesday. You know, I you know I mean. I guess you could, you know, uh, you know, shuffle the rotation a little bit, but I think both those guys got a pitch. You want to keep them on as a regular turn as possible. And then, then when you get to the weekend, maybe you can, you know, mix and match, maybe a bullpen game where they, you know, maybe you just give them like a, let them throw a couple innings to tune up for the postseason. But, you know, I think those, those guys you want to, I, I would think you want to have one, each guy may get at least one good start before the postseason. Right. Uh, the the chances that they um, that they pitch at the end of the, the the Chicago series, I think, better than the chances that they would pitch at the end of the um, the Pittsburgh series. Uh, I, I just I don't see Bieber making that final start of the regular season on Sunday against Pittsburgh unless he desperately has to to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I just got a text from uh, Bark, Bark Swain. He said the rotation should be, they should should have the rotation formalized, you know, in, a, in the next two hours or so. So we'll find out um, what the deal is. All right. Well, tune in tomorrow to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, and we'll be talking about what the, what the rotation <laughs> is for the remainder of this series uh, here on, on Cleveland.com. Thanks for joining us.